Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So, here we are. Episode 1 of the new series of Tap Lens Podcast. Welcome, listener, and thank you very much for joining us. Your efforts to get this far are greatly appreciated. We are just embarking on the first of a six-episode series. It's going to be released every Wednesday night for the next five weeks after today. We'll be chatting to some brewers, directors people who own bars and bottle shops, people who write about beer. Anyone with interest and opinion about beer is a valid guest for the show. My name's Gaz. I work in the, the brewing industry. I'm a, a keen home brewer. I'm an enthusiastic drinker, a real big fan of podcasts, especially interview-based podcasts like this is going to be. I'm not claiming to be an expert in any of these things. In fact, far from it. You know, I feel I haven't even begun to explore the tip of this particular iceberg all I am is is an enthusiast. I'm really pleased to be able to introduce the first guest of the season as Brian Dixon. He's the head brewer at Northern Monk. If you haven't heard of them, they're a really fantastic Leeds-based brewery. I would encourage you to get out there and find some of the beer as soon as you can. Me and Brian chatted upstairs at the brewery in Leeds. It's it's fantastic old industrial building you'll hear Brian speak a little bit more about over the interview and then I'll be back to sign off so enjoy first I want to ask you about your recent trip to America I assume it wasn't just a jolly it was a working holiday yeah no it was it was work as as much as much work as it could be (laughs) for a trip like that yeah um yeah, I went out to Against the Greenbury uh, in Louisville, uh, out in Kentucky. Uh, against the Greenbury at Indyman a couple of years ago, yeah. 2014. We um, met them then and we did a collab with them whilst we were out there. Um, well, they're over here, sorry. Um, with their head brewer, Adam. Uh, we did a small GSB called Bruno's Cassock. Um, kept in touch a little bit. Met his business partner, Sam, at 2015's festival. And chatted about the return collab and when, when that might happen. And uh, The door's been... A plan for me at some point when things settled down a bit and we had I had staff and, <laughs> and um, production was a bit smoother for me to finally go out to the States and experience some of their beer scene because I'd never been out before. Russell was out quite a lot. Um, he's pretty much inspired him to set up Northern Monk to a point. Um, so yeah, finally up opportunity came and Russell was like, yeah, so you're going to Louisville for three weeks. Nice. Uh, yeah, so not San Diego, not New York, <laughs> not, you know, not, not Denver, no, no, going, no. To, going to Kentucky. Um, just, but it was really good. They're really good people, and they've really looked after me. And, 
Yeah. You spend the whole time with the, the guys from almost the Almost entirely. Uh, so I was based out of there, so they, you know, they showed me around other local breweries, a lot of brew pubs around there, and a little trip over to Lexington, which is like the next city. We worked out, it was about an hour and a half drive, and we worked out distance-wise, we could, it was like going halfway across the UK, which just shows <laughs> how huge the place is. And they got up to Chicago for a few days, which oh, was cool. fantastic. See yeah. with um, a guy called Drew who runs 18th Street Brewing. Uh, I think they're at, they're at Copenhagen this year and stuff. They're um, they're, they're doing some really good stuff. There's some wonderful and barrel aged stuff. Um, and yeah, a few distilleries as you'd expect, drank a bit of bourbon. Excellent. Still don't remember what happened on the last <laughs> night out there. Um, so what's the what's what's the output like for the brewery you worked with? So they start they started off as a fifteen barrel brew pub. Right. Um, they've actually got a really good they got a really cool site. It's um, it's just built into one of the baseball stadiums. So obviously get a good trade out of that. They also have they do they have like smokehouse kitchens, so they smoke a lot of their own meats and stuff, so they also smoke grains and stuff and do quite a lot of smoke beers, um, as well as IPAs and PAOs, etc. And then last year they upgrade, they opened up a production facility, so they've got a 30 barrel brew kit in there yeah. and 60 barrel FEs. And instead of, instead of like a 12 hour, 12, 13 hour brew date, the brew pub, they, do, they can do two brews in 10 hours. And that's, that's where they whack yeah. out their course off with, uh, with a canning machine and so on. But there's some really good beers, really good beers and really good names. Um, like the Citra IP is called Citra Rastown. Um, <laughs> No, that, that sort of thing. Their brown, their brown ale is called Brown Note. That's um, an interesting looking yeah. can. And they go, they go to town in the brew pub with all kinds of wacky names. So. Yeah, that's quite, I quite like that. Quite like yeah. a humorous, humorous <laughs> being there. Yeah. So, what was the, what's the score with the club with them? What, what do you do? What do you club on? We, um, we brought Bruno's Cossack back. Uh, Bruno's Cassock, sorry. Uh, we, we, Bruno, Bruno was the, um, he was the last heretic. Um, but it's steep by the Romans, right. so we figured he'd be pretty smoky and yeah. pretty bitter. So yeah. a good name for smoky <laughs> Um But we managed, we actually branded it up last time. We managed to put Bruno's Cossack on the label of a mistake. <laughs> you imagine this burning, burning, burning heretic doing a funky <laughs> dance and his arms crossed. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, we the original version was six percent. We took this one up to about seven. Right. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, loads, yeah, load, load of smoke malt, smoked on, on site. Um, a bit of crystal in there, oats, just yeah, nice classic ESB, lots of William Met, William Met hops. And, and will any of that see the light of day over here, or is that, is that all for hopefully? Yeah, at this, at this moment, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Um, and there'll be another collab when uh, they're both they're, the guys come over for Indy Man again this yeah. year, so we're um, we're uh, well, not to say it's gonna be a we're working on a smoked honey port, imperial right. smoked honey port, so that should be a pretty big. So you're gonna smoke the honey, or you're gonna put smoke malt in there, honey in yeah, there as well, right, so yeah. it should be interesting. We're, yeah. we're, me, me and Adam spent a few hours in the in the, in the garden working that one out. Yeah, man, it's fun. Us, so yeah, yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a third colour, yeah. which will be a complete change to what we've done before. Hopefully. Excellent. So you, you, there was a little bit of work going on as well. You weren't just, just yeah, yeah, you oh, yeah, just over in America. Yeah, no, plenty of work, just observing yeah. and yeah. Yeah, helping out a bit. You know, helping out the can machine, getting getting a yeah. brew order and stuff. But come on, I'm just like... trying to see see the approach to it out there. It was, sounds like fun. Love what you let them out here. It was the main thing, I think. You weren't quite so rushed. Yeah, not a lot of us rushed. You know, we. Churning six brews out a week, and, yeah. and they were like, "Yeah, we'll just do a couple." <laughs> it's nice. yeah. it's all right. So, it really interests me how how you guys got going. Have you have, have you been with Northern Monk from the very beginning before you had the premises? Almost. Um, the Northern Monk started as cookie brewing yeah. operation, um, and the first the first few months was um, actually um, Dave Bishop, uh, he's Bradford Brewer on Twitter. Yeah. I think he's right, yeah. quite well known on social yeah. media. Um, he did. He actually did the first few brews right. um, with Russell. With Russell, yeah, up at uh, Hamilton Ales in yeah. Ripon. So a very, very well established, but very traditional Yorkshire brewery. Yeah. You know, open fermenters, 
specialising in you know, low ABV bitters and that many hops in and and yeah, those guys rocked up with an IPA and Imperial Stout yeah. recipe. It was um, made for an interesting, interesting experience, I think. Um, but during, during that period, um, Russell managed to find some investment to um, actually start, take, this, take it full-time, and David couldn't commit to that. So right. that's where I was able to so come on board. And they advertised, they advertised, advertised for brewer, probably August, September 2014, I think. And, um, so you, you, when, when you got on, on board then, you were still... You were still cooking, were you? Were you still? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I took over the cooking brewing whilst we um, right. put stuff in place. Um, we didn't keep it going too long. I think it was, it, we cooked it from about May 2013 till January. I think it's um, not only about a nine month period. Yeah. Uh, we did it, uh, followed that on with doing a few collabs and then yeah. like, like of air and Atom, yeah. Hot Crafts, Blackjack. Just you know, brew with, brew with friends yeah. that we had in the industry and just yeah. try to keep our name out there. And obviously, brewing with people who do, who had a similar take on beer to us which yeah. meant you could you know you're a little bit happier leaving it in their hands on, you know, for fermentation and packaging yeah. um, and then yeah we just went hunting for a site uh, determined to find somewhere that had some character that sort of reflected the industrial Northern Heritage brand yeah. that's been working hard to get out there how many did you see how many sites did you see oh, endless I mean, yeah. Yeah, every other every other industrial state in West Yorkshire probably you know we're kids stay in West Yorkshire it's where we were both based um we're quite close to um, going to Deanclough out in Halifax. Right. It's another big old mill complex. Yeah. There's a lovely steam building, up an old steam room, sorry, up on the hill. But, um, yeah, I managed to find this place and yeah, five, five minutes from the station, loads of space to do what we wanted to do, which is like, yeah, have, yeah. have a space that the public could come to us. Um, it was a sales up for sale, and luckily you know, our investor saw the value in it, so he you know, bid on it and we managed to secure it it's, so, it's such an amazing building it's absolutely perfect isn't it for this or you might have otherwise one. I, I, when it comes to space downstairs I'm not sure about that yet but perfect for a, for a bar and perfect perfect for the bar perfect for the, yeah, as, the as the face of the business you know, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic for that um, trying so, try to, try to run a brewery in a 160 year old building has its right. has its Funny game. So, okay, let's get on to that. Did you go straight in downstairs with the full kit you've got now? So, tell us what's downstairs kit-wise, and tell and, and have you built that up, or is that was that there from the first first day? Well, right now we've got a ten-barrel brew kit, mashed on kettle, hot and cold liquor tanks, mm-hmm. uh, six fermenters, and six um, conditioning tanks, plus a um, wild goose canning machine from states and uh, chillers and cold room mm-hmm. and all sorts. When we arrived. Uh, December, December 2013 we're looking at this place it been used as one of those like, training centres with skill centres where they send people from the job centre that mm-hmm. sort of thing um, but it'd been empty for a while and it was just all stud walls faded carpets graffiti just a complete waste of a beautiful building mm-hmm. so we stripped it out completely sandblasted the whole thing you involved physically yourself you guys yeah yeah we had, we, were, yeah, we had contractors doing the work but yeah we, we yeah. were impatient we got yeah. chipped in yeah pictures around somewhere of us with power tools and <laughs> chipping away at the floor and just a couple of photo opportunities for the albums yeah exactly so um, but yeah it's hard work it took a lot longer than planned we were like you know get the building in December it's like yeah we'll be brewing before Easter yeah. the ace it was August before we got brewing wow. um, brew came in June and me and Russ were taking minimal money you know just sleeping in, sleeping in the building quite a lot working daft yeah. hours you know we slept, a number of times we slept in here when it had no front door and yeah. had plastic sheets on the windows and stuff it was um you know, living, off, living off tuna and think, and yeah. Yeah, then we'd read that you can get mercury poisoning off too much tuna <laughs> consumption and stuff. So we're just like, we're going to die before this even gets going. I'm slow and painful mercury poisoning death. Um, but yeah, we started up with uh, we started with three fermenters and uh, and the ten bar brew kit that's there now. Um, 
they came from Marix and Byrne who at the time had, they'd done like Mar- they did Madrox original kit right. Colonel yeah. Siren and Buxton's uh, new 30 mile kit was all, they were all done by Marix mm-hmm. so they had a pretty good idea they were good people to work yeah. with and then they were they were superb yeah. um, so I came in June and even then there was another couple of months of work trying to get the pipe work all right get the cooling on their fees and I was sat there for a couple of months before you could actually even knock yeah absolutely I mean they had finished the brute the brute yeah. floor was still in progress and it was a long slow one um, so yeah, start, started off brewing, started brewing dog days, just one or two brews a week, so yeah. we could do on, on that much capacity. Um, then I guess it would have been, I mean, May last year, yeah, May 14, we got another two tanks in there, right. up to five, so we could do two or three a week. And then, yeah, it was, uh, well, the tanks arrived this December, but it was February, and we finally got everything up and running, and we're now doing five or six brews a week. Right. Uh, we've got the capacity to do it, and we pretty much matched out what we could do downstairs. Yeah. There's, there's no ceiling height, and there's, you know, there's no more space to really put mm. tanks. Uh, without completely stri- lifting up the other half of the stone yeah. floor and relaying that, and that's a huge job. Is so. all your storage inside downstairs as well? Um, storage elsewhere? Some of it, we've actually got, we've got storage elsewhere now. Right. We've now taken on another, another unit, uh, which is about 400 metres from where we're sat now. Oh, that's um, nice and close enough, isn't it? Yeah, we've got a nice, this is a straight up industrial unit, it came yeah. up just the right time, uh, just the right time really for us and yeah. perfect location. So, um, that's yeah. just going to be cask and keg storage. It's not. That's just. Not, it's, it's, not just it's just. It's just cold rooms. So yeah, yeah. package stock store there. Yeah. The, all the brewery offices are over there now, and we um, and you know, yeah, empty empty kegs, yeah. pallets, cans, just yeah, everything. Yeah. This is shipped over there yeah. as best as possible to keep as much space downstairs as we can because we're pretty tight. Yeah. And you say you're canning you're canning machines downstairs. Yeah, we have, yeah. Since since August, we've uh, yeah we got we, yeah we got a canning machine over from the states and. Yeah, we've, yeah we've, we've been doing just cast and keg to get going, and, yeah. but we were very conscious we needed some small pack out there to yeah. really spread our, yeah. spread the brand and spread our name and get into as many hands as possible. And we started looking at bottling lines, but you know, the canning was just starting to take, just take off around the country, mm. and you know, so it was that decision yeah. which, what, which we're committing to one, which, which, which form packaging is going to be the best way forward you know, for us and for the, for the, you know, for the craft beer scene in general and we quickly decided can we said we found we managed to put a bit of extra cash together for yeah, yeah. 20 20k whatever that it would have been yeah. and we managed to scrape that, scrape that together and off we went you've been happy with it with the yeah it's fantastic yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a little too hit it's they can do about 24 24 a minute and that you know it's yeah. just about three hours to get through three and a half thousand cans which is not bad it's perfectly good for our size at the moment yeah um, do you need a lot of overseeing or you just you just away you go, just plug it in and away you go it's pretty good um, yeah. most natural running machines really easy yeah it's, yeah it's little things like the drying the cans and loading the cans and yeah. that side of it and date coding's been up yeah. um, biggest headache of, of it all really getting trying to print the date on the bottom of the can when it's wet it's been a nightmare so yeah. um, it's that stuff like that that's been taking up time but natural machine runs like a dream really good results low oxygen good seams and I noticed I'm assuming you've you've got a, you've got a stock of your core cans, and I've seen some which is stickering up like the uh, the, the, the peppercorn and uh, parsnip. Was it last year? You, was that stickered? Was it? Yeah, yeah the yeah. Hoffman Pear Whit went into can. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. that and that was sort of the trial run of the can machine really that yeah. went well. Um, yeah, so we got Eternal our session IPA at four point one. We've got yeah. UL IPA six point two IPA and um, Norm Starmaker Porter five point nine. Yeah, just was sort of, sort of that. Try to pick that third camp, just stand out, you know, right. something that nobody really done. Yeah. So ask it at least yeah. for sort of a coffee, lactose pot or like yeah. that. So yeah, those three have been those three have been pretty cans. We've got them in booth supermarkets now and yeah. market dispensers now as well, which is it's been great for us, you know, taking taking a lot. Um, and yeah, we're just um we're never a huge fan of a silver can with a slick with mm-hmm. just a label around it. I think it looks a bit 
yeah, given how much pride we take in our brand, yeah. uh, how much design work went into the core yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we've actually we've managed to find, sort of find similar to how Beaver Town do it, find a base printed can which yeah. then put a label around it. So it's like a gum metal grey right. can, and then yeah, yeah we sort of blend it through yeah. to a label. And, so yeah. we've, uh, we start with Eternal Darkness, um, so which is a black session IPA mm-hmm. version of Eternal. We've got um, we've got a beer called Heathen coming out soon. Right. Uh, it should be out in about by the time this goes live, I guess. Uh, Citra yeah. IPA. Cool. Um, because we couldn't guarantee enough Citra to keep faith going. Our um, Citra pay there, so we thought, well, let's just chop what we got at a double version, if you like. Really good to tie with it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Showcase it. There's been, it's been on, a bit of, uh, on the back burner a little while because of the, the scarcity of, of yes. Citra. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we did really well the whole contracts yeah. on the whole, um, but Citra's been the big one. Uh, and all of our all of our, all of our other beers, like all Eternal New World, there's four or five different hops in there. So that the theory is, if one of them goes missing, then mm-hmm. you, it's not going to you, yeah. you're not going to completely change the flavour profile by switching in something else. So you can gradually evolve if if required. Um, but Citra is such a standout hop, yeah. and it's so popular. You know, we like you know, it's, had to have one that was led with it. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's about 78 percent of hops are going to favour Citra. Um, and we just, yeah, we, we, we would have canned it from the beginning if we knew we could get supply, but even then we were like, it doesn't feel like we're going to get much. And sure enough, we got sort of, we've actually managed to find a little bit more since, so never say never, but we had enough, to, we definitely had enough to um, do heathen, yeah. which is well, tasting pretty good. It's great to have it on the back burner for when... Exactly, one day, faith will return. Yeah, for, for when, when you get a, when we have a, a bumper harvest. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a cost absorbed as well, citrus, yeah. with demand comes a price hike. And, yeah. Yeah, it was it was almost too expensive to yeah. produce as well. Eternal's in a similar territory, but you know it's a, it's a strong beer we believe, and people seem happy to pay. Yeah, but yes, but like we don't do much of it in cask or anything because you just it's completely out of most people, out of the yeah. average. It's it's much higher price than you spend for four point yeah. one beer, but when it's, it's Centennial was ache in there and some it's mm-hmm. all the best varieties, but you, yeah. know, you, you, you pay a price for them. And when you're hopping it, hopping it, dry, when you're hopping it and dry hopping it at a similar rate, to you, you mm-hmm. with a full IPA as well, it already adds up. So it's the kind of day to day decisions you have to make. Yeah, the unfortunate realities of unfortunately, so yeah, 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 yeah. Of creative beer recipe design. Yeah, you, you figured the beer first, but you know, at some point you have to actually. It has to be commercially viable eventually. Can you talk us through from the seed? Like, what, are you all sitting down as a brewing team or is it just coming from you or how does it go from the seed and are you, are you, are you trialling it or is it going straight on the full mm-hmm. brew length what's the uh, process yeah, in, the, in the past of it it's, most, it's often just gone straight in and straight in at the yeah. um, full kit I mean it all comes out from you know, we've got a core range but we always wanted we have like a tagline evolution of tradition is sort of one of our models and so we're always a, very keen to look at sort of historic styles and how we can play around yeah. with them and secondly always very keen to a collaborate and sort of B work for the local local community, work locally sourced ingredients, all that yeah. sort of territory. You know, Northern Stars, North Star Coffee, which you know just roasted just up in Meanwood. And um, so we done we did we did some beers with the Grub and Grog guys. We're still still here and yeah. uh, the, uh, the Hawthorne and Pay we talked yeah. about earlier. The um, Ruban Rosemary and, and those ones were sort of me sitting down with Jim as, as the chef and right. him knowing what was available seasonally and you know really good flavour wheel, burger, really yeah. good palate, just coming up with some unusual. Flavor combinations that would work and yeah. you know, flickering the light around that, that, and that. Yeah. That's the beer style, or have you? So, like, yeah, the rhubarb and rosemary was the first one. Hawthorne Pear was my mm-hmm. personal favourite. Yeah, that was that lovely beer, that one. That one, a sort of very short notice one as well. We had to get something ready for canning. How, so, uh, I came to it very quickly. How did you, how did, how did you get Was it was Parsnip, wasn't it, in that? Yeah, yeah, the, no, that was the third one was uh, the third one we did was Parsnip and Black Pepper. Yeah, and, so, and the second one was which one, sorry? Uh, Pear and Hawthorne. 
Oh, and Hawthorne, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, little Belgian wit. And yeah. then and then the theory of the parsnips one was um, during the war when people couldn't get bananas and stuff, they used parsnips instead because they've yeah. got the same sort of sweet flavour. And if you cook them, cook, prepare them right, roast them slowly, that comes through. Uh, and with German rice beers, mm-hmm. the esters, the, the yeast, yeah. is primar- primarily so like banana yeah. and pepper thing. So that's, that's where the idea came from. We always wanted to do a hefeweizen with it, but after doing the pale wits, we thought, well, maybe it's just a little bit darker, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So, But yeah, yeah so that's, that was the theory, the parsnips complementing the banana hefeweizen and the pepper complementing the peppery, peppery esters of the yeast and, and sort of the dark malts of the dunkelweizen. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so one of those beers with love and hate, but I think it always would be, but it turned out it's pretty damn well in the end. I Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How many people in the brewing team? There's four of us now. Four, yeah. And, and is there a certain amount of collaboration between between you and the team? What's what's the setup down there? Are you are you, are you brewing yourself every day, or no? <laughs> now there's a team. Are you having to do a bit more organisation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the head brewer's role. They, they don't brew much beer. Yeah. Uh, I think. Brewed, Matt brewed, I think I've brewed about five or six times this year. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually on weekends as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, obviously, yeah, this is obviously you know, just plenty of, a lot of organisations, say paperwork and organisation yeah. when you get to this kind of scale. And yeah. The speed we've grown as well, you know, really yeah. playing a bit of catch up there, so it's, you know, it takes up a lot of my time. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a mixture. Russell himself is obviously full of ideas as well. He's yeah. very keen to push the business forward, and he's got, we you know exactly where we want to. You know, targets to be amongst the yeah. best brewers in the world, so it's yeah. you know, it takes some big ideas and some big planning. Um, just to make sure it really is some, some effort, everyone, everyone in the brewery's got their own idea of what yeah. they want to make. Um, is very keen to get a brown ale out there. Yeah. Um, Dave's been working on a number of kettle sour projects on the pilot kit. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, we've had interns in and stuff who we are, you know, yeah. we've got a little one barrel pilot kit, which is means we can actually really yeah. play and trial these it's crazy one barrel things now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already had, we had it. We've had it about six months now, maybe yeah. something like that, maybe nearly a year actually, probably. But uh, so yeah, now we do actually get to play around with some of the unusual recipes. But we still chuck them in the ten barrel kit. I mean, the Neapolitan ice cream beer went straight in at yeah. 
Tim Barrow worked, so it's just, yeah, having that intuitive idea for what's going to work and certain things you can keep yeah. adding into the taste wasn't is something you've got to you've got to get it right or you tell us a bit more about that one was that something to do with little leeds being yeah it was um little, little leeds beer house's first uh, first birthday and they asked us to do a beer and they came to can it so we, we agreed to do it on the um, full-time barrel kit yeah. um obviously the ice cream beer is quite popular at the moment i guess boxing and only pull up and yeah. lead the way but um, we had this idea of trying to do a Neap- neapolitan pale ale um so yeah it's, it's a straight up normal pale pale Paleo based, but uh, lo- loads of lactose in, in the kettle. Seems mm-hmm. to be putting all the start with the creaminess, vanilla in there as well, just to give you that classic ice cream base. And then, yeah, there's strawberries in there. And, and um, in what form did the strawberries go in? Mixture of both, loads of strawberries in the kettle, and then yeah. Um, yeah, fresh. Yeah, 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 fresh was in there. And then Neil's the green, Neil's the green grocer down the market. Do a really nice, yeah. nat- you know, natural 100% strawberry puree as well, right. which is better for putting in the FV because yeah. it doesn't leave your seeds and leaves yeah. everywhere <laughs> um, and then yeah we've got some cacao in there we've got um, local chocolate makers to give us a, some advice and help and getting the best chocolate flavour for that beer and it works I mean pop the can it does smell like opening yeah. a tarp and the yeah. strawberry strawberry vanilla is very prominent but yeah. the chocolate is just underlying yeah. uh, it seems to have been really popular we're quite surprised actually it feels like we might have to do it again because everybody's, everybody's going nuts for it so we'll watch this space did it all go into can? Uh, there were some kegs as well. Oh, there some kegs as well? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and some casks, I think. But big off split, but yeah, a bit of a split. And, uh, so, uh, off a standard brew, are you are you always splitting? Are you always kegging some, casking some? Presumably you're doing full runs for canning, but are you all, do, you, do you always split between keg and cask? Yeah, mostly a bit of a... Mostly, yeah, mostly yeah. it's a bit of all three. Uh, depends, some more than others. Like, beers like Tune Off, which are you know, primarily designed yeah. to be cask beers, you know, yeah. that'll be at least half the batch. Um, Whilst big beers like New and Maternal, we tend to just sort of take half a dozen casks off just for special customers. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, with, with canning, it's more a canning keg split, really. Because um, they're both treated, the keg and can are both treated the way, filtered, ready, ready you know, pre, pre-carbonated and yeah. um, for that dispense. So it's, yeah, it's whether we do a full pallet of cans or full tank of cans yeah. or whether Tyler, Tyler, a sales guy, needs, yeah. I, need a dozen ke- I need a dozen kegs of a turtle of this one or what have you. It, it's, um, it does vary. Yeah. Our preference is, you know, as you get three and a half thousand cans of a pallet, which you know, is about three quarters of a tank, so our preference is to, as a brewing team, is to do that and, yeah. then, and then keg off the rest, but yeah. it varies, depending yeah. on what's needed, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's ever, ever, ever increasing on the can side, for sure. Yeah. That's all going to get bigger as well. Are you, oh, are you wholesaling any other parts of the country? All over, nationwide, um, internationally. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, well, we just deliver, you know, Leeds, York, Sheffield, yeah. Manchester, yeah. Like, you know, like, Sensible circle we will yeah. deliver to. And then we've got Ben, our Ben drives the Monkmobile. Um, and then, yeah, all, as far as south as Brighton and up into Scotland. Yeah. And we say, well, this week we're up to, I think we're up about to 16 countries, but um, I'm wow. sure that'll um, <laughs> be increasing yeah. over the next few months as well. Um, I think, where have we got? We're working on the East Coast of America, we've got most of Europe, right. sort of Russia and Estonia and oh. Scandinavia. <clears throat> is that, is that kind of keg? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a yeah. yeah, bit of a mix between yeah. the market, but yeah, it goes well, so you get some nice trips out of that too, as you can imagine. But Yeah, you've been able to get around a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Uh, at this moment, I've done Barcelona, Berlin and Zurich as work trips. All right. Which are nice. Uh, That's fine. Yeah, can't go too much. But. So what's on, the, what's on the cards of the future? Have you got, is there any big... Well, I appreciate sometimes this type of information sensitive, so I don't feel like you need to. But <laughs> no, no, no. It's all your guts, but you know what's the plan? I, I, in, certainly, in terms of 
brewery in Kitspace, are you, are, are you going to be okay there for the foreseeable future, or are you, are you looking for anything bigger, or have you got any... We're debating it as we speak. Um, downstairs, obviously. That, yeah. that's, that goes without saying. You know, this, that's, you know, this, this place is our showcase. This is, you know, this is our home. Um, whatever happens in the future, this place would stay as an experimental brew kit or something. Yeah. You know, um, We might have what we can do downstairs and um, outsides being discussed, but it's a tricky one with three sides of the building mm-hmm. being greater, greater listed. And... Um, this, this sort of downside, side which we had our eyes on is, mm-hmm. is um, no longer available either um, I saw as well that Burberry Burberry what for a production Burberry what? Burberry have bought Temple Works just behind us know. there and yeah they're spending 80 million pounds uh, reinv- reinv- reinvesting in it and getting it up to scratch and they're going to be manufacturing trench coats oh really so, um, but yeah they've snapped up all this land for car parking and stuff too um, which is very frustrating. So um, yeah, it's good. Right, right outside the window. Yeah, exactly. We could we could have had some lovely lovely shiny tanks sticking up there. But yeah. so yeah, that's a work in progress. We've got we, we're working at various options, but it, there will be there'll be further growth. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we want to be seen as one of the best in, in the UK and, and and worldwide. And with that, will come a requirement for capacity for sure. And it's just doing it at the right speed, trying to keep you know trying try to keep it steady, but yeah. meet meet demand of the core beers and. Um, free ourselves up to do even more experimentation and interesting stuff you know we've got big plans to really try and expand the sort of a ballaging project and things like that so oh, cool. um, yeah, I noticed that when I popped men in downstairs you had a couple of casts in there what, what, are they from are they whiskey or yeah they're, they're, those ones downstairs we've got there's four Heaven Hill bourbons there and there's yeah. a, a range of Scottish malt ones as well um, there's something in them mostly empty at the moment there's a Stranach in one of them which is due to come out soon right it's been it's in a port shallot barrel so it's very very peaty it's been due to come out for a while, but it's going to quick enough to get blended out yeah. to make it palatable. It's incredibly, <laughs> incredibly woody, incredibly peaty, and it's uh, not to, it's, uh, so it needs a, needs a bit of a blend out with, with the fresh batch of Stranach when we get around to brewing it. But... How long has it been in there? <laughs> Just last summer, I think. Right. It's, it's kind of interesting sitting there. Yeah. Uh, all the others got emptied. Uh, we did a 5x of the Brewers Reserve special blend and uh, a few other bits and bobs. But, but yeah, that's going to, that should grow. I've been sending a lot of emails today, in fact, so um, yeah, we should hopefully have a much larger barrage of programme over the next couple of years. And that's something we want to, we really want to um, try to find, you know, it's, it's hard to find gap in the market these days, but yeah, I think there's mm. a lot of room to really work with different yeasts and yeah. show, you know, showcase them well, work with, work with styles which some people, some brewers neglect, and yeah. especially work to about age and barrel, some more usual styles too. Yeah. It's, um, as I say, it's part of looking backwards. It's always been part of our looking backwards to go forwards. It's yeah. always been part of what we do. So yeah, we've got a few beer styles in mind which we think we can have some fun with. It's really interesting, though, isn't it? You know, you can take a beer and you can sit it in in a cask for several years, and you've got something completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. And there's no time like the present for starting a project like that because it's going to take X number of months. Yeah, years, it's, so you've got to so much to get on it. You've got to keep on top of them as well. I think that's yeah. one one of the big things to yeah. top. You know, looked at and learned about in the states and stuff. It's you, you can't go to a brewery out there without seeing some level of barrelaging going mm-hmm. on. There's breweries our size with like hundred odd barrels lined up, and it's like you know you feel like you know really got to we've really got to push on with this. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's a skill trip. I think you know you mm-hmm. got to check and regulate. Some some beers only need a month or two. You know, you you're not some, some big you know big stairs and buying ones. You know they they can benefit with time, but there's obviously there's plenty of other beer styles that could improve with ageing but just you know it's a month or two just to pick mm. up some yeah. you know, seasons and white wine things like that you don't yeah. want to leave them there too long you don't want 
individual power and you know, it's, it's interesting. It you know, really interesting judging yeah. judging and just regul regulating yeah. them and judging when you know they're written right, get it out yeah. get it out, get it packaged, let's get this one out there. Good, yeah, I, mean, I was talking to Christopher Oakley and she was yeah, she was saying that's you know, that's a full time job on its own of managing if you've got a big aging programme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. managing those beers is as as important as mm -hmm. you know as brewing them for for, Absolutely. for, for packaging or, or you know for, for producing a a good quality aged beer. Yeah, that's, absolutely. You go, you, go, you go, go to some of the big breweries out in the states, like Angus Islands or you know, you Faisal Walkers. They all, they'll have a they'll have a oh, yeah. barrel store manager. You know, if somebody whose job it is just to just keep keep track of the barrel yeah. projects. And a friend of mine just got a job at uh, Syrah. They sent me up a photograph of their. I can imagine. Yeah, so I'm like, man, this looks amazing. I'd love to have a little snoop around. Yeah, they've got they have got hundreds. Yeah. I've never been there myself. I'm saying. Same with that. Our, our Dave, one of our brewers, he's got a friend down there, I think. Yeah, and yeah it's nuts. And you've got someone like Wild as well. They've yeah. got hundreds of Brewdog, I imagine. Mm. And what about what about sour? Sour in here, are you going to need? Yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll come, that'll come, come into that, it, I think. Yeah. Like you say, we've had a bit of a play of the pilot kit with some kettle sours. Um, yeah. We've got one or two we might upscale. Um, and then, get? obviously, yeah, interesting yeasts and stuff yeah. in the barrels. Trying when the kettle sours a good way of doing it is clean you get a good result quite mm. quickly but it'd be nice to explore more traditional ways of just stick it in the barrel for a few years yeah. with the right yeast and just yeah. let them let time like do its sure. thing yeah. yeah I mean but hopefully obviously that's a much longer term project but hopefully yeah they'll do at some point you can get you can yeah, I've had various kettle sour beers and I'll have a little go myself with the home brew kit and you can get a good result but it's never got the it's never got yeah, the quite same flavor, depth, absolutely yeah. not there's, there's little tricks and it's Fun, but yeah, yeah. suits new balloon devices and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, it just yeah. When you kettle salad, how, what did you what did you add to the? We did, we, the we, did we did it with yogurt, right? Yeah. Uh, yogurt in the kettle, CO two blanket, and just yeah, leave it for a couple of days, just right. keep checking the pH. Yeah. Say we've only done it a couple of times, but the yeah. results have been pretty good for the little basic kit we're doing it on. Did those beers see the light of day? Did, did they? Yeah, uh, just just in the tap room most right, of the Okay. Yeah. yeah one or two got around, but yeah. they were done for it. Yeah, we did one with did one with um, Tap East from London right. over Christmas, and and then like yeah, when Dave when Dave started in February, we sort of let him do you know, do something with his pilot kit. So yeah. Dave MK2 was yeah. one great Hector, great Hector of equities. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh, it's gonna be Dave Mark two. <laughs> like that, Dave Mark three is getting done as well. It's not hasn't been done. It's getting done at the moment. I think so. Yeah. Excellent. So there's, there's a lot to uh, yeah, a lot to be looking out for. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Just. It's great. We have we should, we're kind of a capacity. We've got enough to play with that we can really start having yeah. some fun. So I mean, we've got got a double IPA out and about again, and right. uh, yeah. we have junk food project where we did wasted. That was good, you know. Yeah, completely, completely. You know, just bread and it's like croissants and brioche and all sorts. That was you know from supermarkets that was just getting chucked out. Loved all that and mashed on. Absolutely loaded pears in there as well. That uh, all that all went to the mash. Yeah, uh, pears went in the in the kettle. Yeah. Um, diced them up. Um, and then yeah, just a bit, of, bit season yeast in there, a little bit of champagne yeast to finish it, a nice crisp, crisp yeah. and spicy one, and the pears come through nicely. And it's, hard to, it's kind of bread, isn't it? The bread, the bread, the bread in theory contributes some of the sugars mm -hmm. and from the flour and stuff. So you, you're not getting, you're not, you're not getting any discernible flavour from the bread. Or it's not, it's not, it's not. It's, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't distinctly taste like a croissant. No, it's just some fermentable sugars. Absolutely, yeah. There's a bit of breadiness <laughs> to it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So 
organic thing you get from like a rye beer or yeah. or, or, or oat you know oat pear or something. Yeah. It's got that kind of character to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Multi grain kind of character. It's quite nice. And that's the same project I saw a picture on Instagram. You're adding custard creams to the bar. That was a completely different project. What's it? <laughs> Ironically, we did a we, we do some weird stuff. Um, no, that was um, that was. Um, we did that with um, Rob Dabbershire from Hopsy and right, yeah. um, Simon, who does um, Real Ale Guide, yeah. uh, video bloggers. Um, so we had Rob, curator, IPA, so, yeah, humorless, lupulous, like the yeah. showcase of the best. A couple of weeks ago. Showcase, yeah, showcase of the best UK IPAs. Um, so we, uh, and we've talked, we've talked about doing stuff on the park kit as well. So uh, to the opportunity, um, I think Rob has his, Rob is, oh, who did it? Oh, Bad Code did something with Oreos, I think. But, yeah. um, yeah, for Rob's like, yeah, it's still custard cream beer with actually custard creams in it. Mm. That's one beer, it's a beautiful one bottle cake, you can do something daft like yeah. that, and it's not the end of the world. No worry too much. Uh, and it, it, it worked. Did it, it come out well? It tastes like custard creams right from start to finish. Uh, topped out with a bit of vanilla, and it's like getting loads of lactose in there, like we did with the Neapolitan. Yeah. And, yeah, it's actually turned out quite well. Rob's a, Rob's a very happy man. <laughs> How many custard creams went in? 10 kilos. 10 kilos? 10 kilos so in. Spatter, then, in 160 years. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. just smashed them up in the mallet and. Yeah. Pour them into mash, but yeah, it all transferred. You get it, it, it tastes like custard cream, which even though I was, yeah. I was actually really surprised. By. Pour them into the into the mash. Into the mash again. Get yeah. the ferment, get the sugars yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mostly dissolved into the liquid, I think, from what I can see. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun, exciting. Yeah, well, we'll look out for future projects. Thanks, <laughs> thanks very much for chatting to us, man. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. Really big thanks again to Brian and Northern Monk for agreeing to be involved in this project. Your time is really appreciated, guys. I know it's precious. I encourage you listeners to go out and seek some Northern Monk beer if you haven't already. I also want to take this opportunity just to let you know that you can follow us on Twitter at TapLens Podcast. Or if you've got a little bit more to say, you can contact us directly via email at taplenspodcast at gmail.com. And now we've got a, just a shorter little impromptu interview I managed to get with Darren and Maria from Leeds International Beer Festival. In terms of where the festival began, we're five years old this year. So obviously going back five years into the distant past, Maria, myself and uh, John Kelly of Curtis Brewery kind of were at uh, another beer festival in Leeds and we kind of thought it would be really cool to introduce and promotes the kind of emerging kind of independent craft beer scene that was happening across the UK and do something different to what these other beer festivals were doing locally and nationally. And we kind of decided in April 2012 that we'd do this this, this beer festival in Leeds Town Hall and we did the first one in September the same year. And What, uh, what was the state of the beer scene in Leeds at this point? Uh, well, for me, personally, I, I was drinking... Probably German lager, a lot of German lager, and not really experimenting and and, and uh, being diverse. Really, I was kind of stuck in a, a rut. Really, so at that point, I was starting to hear about and and try these amazing beers that were being created in breweries in the UK. So breweries like Magic Rock, like the Colonel, they were they were kind of like these amazing beers that I hadn't I hadn't kind of really tried anything like it and thought they were amazing and obviously there was a shared thing there were lots of young people that were really kind of getting into these kind of these kind of beers and there was a kind of ethos a kind of philosophy behind the way people were drinking it as well they 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 weren't just buying a pint of beer and just throwing it to the back of the neck and it was about savoring the, the taste of the beer and really enjoying the experience and it almost like without wanting to sound really kind of wanky about it it's kind of like a 
that kind of wine tasting kind of experience, I think. It was a little bit different. And, um, and then Friends of Ham opened at the same time. And uh, I think it was about a month after we, we had a beer festival. And that's they, they had sort of more of a uh, widespread sort of craft beer bar thing that was not too pretentious. Well, not pretentious at all. And people felt like it was okay to go in and find out about beer and uh, try different stuff and things like that. And I think I think Lee's was sort of like ready for it, really. Yeah. And we just sort of came out at the right time. Oh, I, I do think, though, that, you know, with me, if, I'm, if I go clothes shopping, if I go down some of the arcades in Leeds and you go to some of these boutiques, you look at the people in the shop and you just think, they're terrifying, I can't go in there and try that jacket on because they'll just look at me and think, you, you shouldn't be wearing that jacket, you're not cool enough. And I think at the beginning, there, w- there was this kind of thing that, Maybe you had to know a lot about beer and you had to understand it and to, to, to kind of really kind of fit in maybe, but that's totally changed now and it's, it's a lot more kind of accessible and you've got lots of people kind of really kind of getting into that, whether that's through Brewdog perhaps that have done that in a kind of bigger scale, but they've done it in a different way, uh, mass marketed it and done that kind of stuff. So, um, so, so five years ago, it was, it was a totally different landscape to what it is now. And when we started, it was kind of, as Maria was just saying, it was, there wasn't, with the exception of North Bar and Reliance as well, which was really important, you didn't have taps in Leeds, you didn't have uh, Friends of Family, you didn't have this stuff like, going on. Uh, we did have things like in Bradford, like we had the, uh, the Sparrow that not a lot of people knew about, but that's obviously, it's been there for time. quite a long time. Yeah, I then. think the drinking culture's totally changed because it was just like about, uh, you know, Drinking these, it was either you you had a bitter or you kind of had one of these bloody European lagers that were mass produced and they they didn't do anything for you except get you really drunk really quickly and you'd have a bad experience the next day. The culture now is is is, the landscape has totally changed and um, I think the beer festivals and also what emerged at the same time around us was Indie Man was that festival that came up in Manchester a month later. So obviously they were thinking you know that, that they could. Some, they needed to do something as well. There was a response to to what was happening, what was emerging in terms of these really amazing independent small-scale breweries. Uh, so they were thinking about doing something in Manchester. We were thinking about doing something in Leeds. There's something happening in Birmingham, Liverpool. And now that's kind of spreading out all over the country. So the festivals, I think, like ours, I, I hope, have kind of added a little bit more kind of access to it because people come in, they have a lot of fun, they try all these different beers... After the festivals are finished, they can go into a bar in the city, and whether it's in Manchester, Leeds, or, or Liverpool, and they can find that beer again, and you know, and, and, and it's promoting, and people enjoying all those kind of those, those beers that are being made here, but also internationally as well, Europe and America, of course, where um, you know it's it's amazing stuff going on over there. Yeah. And how much has it grown from looking at back in 2012 compared to today? How many? People, how many breweries have you got compared to then and how many people have you got coming through the door? Well, for us at the beginning, it was a challenge because we were new on the block. Obviously, there were a lot of camera events going on around uh, the city and nationally as well. But um, when we came onto the scene, we were like saying, well, we, we want to kind of uh, present this festival, which is focusing on, on you, the brewer, the breweries. We want you to come to the festival. We don't want to just buy the beer from you and, and rack it up and... With the cats, we, we want we want keg at the festival. We we, we we want you to come. It was about the brewers being there at the festival and them having their own kind of brand and their own identity on their own bars. Um, and and we were trying to, in terms of cost and price, we wanted to make it accessible for the breweries to come along. And because we know that you know breweries are very small scale and 
terms of staffing and resources, it's a big ask to ask people to come all the way to Leeds sometimes and spend four days here and, and you know talk about their beer. Um, so in the first year, it was a struggle. Uh, but after that first year, when people, you know, 4,000 people came in the first year, and we were really taken by surprise because people didn't buy in advance. They turned up on the door, and it caught us off guard a little bit. And um, we had a good lineup in the first year. There were some really good breweries there. The Colonel were there, Magic Rock were there, for example. Um, but it's, it, following that, it's kind of snowballed, really. So uh, the European, the international, the US stuff has grown. The New Zealand guys, the collective is, is an amazing part of the festival now. Um, in terms of the UK stuff, it just snowballed with the second, third, fourth year. More and more breweries wanted to, the independent breweries wanted to get involved, wanted to come, wanted to be part of it. And we got to the point now where, you know, we, 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 can, only, we can only accommodate so many breweries per year, so we're having to rotate and change things every year so we can facilitate and host as many breweries that we really like as we possibly can. Uh, but we're in this amazing position where, you know, we, 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 we can create something, we can put together a, a really amazing, beautiful lineup of fantastic breweries and, and their amazing beer as well and uh, people from Leeds and all over our region and all over the UK and some people from Europe and America who come to the festival now can come and under you know within one of our sessions six hours can try all these amazing beers sort of, have you got any what, uh, what names what can, can we expect to see you there this year someone's going to make the, the pilgrimage to Leeds for the weekend who can they expect to be Something beer uh, well, we we change the lineup every year. So, uh, but there are always the, the there are the breweries there that we kind of just you know that we just think uh, are just amazing at what they do. Colonel are uh, one of our favourite breweries. They consistently, kind of produce amazing beer all the time, and we love what they do. Same with Magic Rot. It's the counterpart really for us in the north of England. While I'm coming from Newcastle, they do the Craft Beer Cooling Festival, which is quite like ours at the Beer Festival. Yeah, uh, they've got their new brewery opening in Newcastle. We really like what they're doing, so they're coming to the festival for the first time. Wild Beer are coming uh, with their own setup to the festival for the first time. Uh, and Special Hop Day from yeah, London are coming as yeah, well. Yeah, um, also down from Scotland, we've got Tempest coming for the first time to the festival. There's going to be more breweries that have never been to the festival that we're going to announce over the coming week. Uh, we're close to getting all the stuff sorted there and then we've got um, obviously people that we really love that have been coming to the festival uh, for years now like Beavertown, uh, Five Points, obviously Kirkstall who are local brewery, Northern Monk coming back to the festival, Thornbridge, um, uh, Taps Co that are coming to the festival as well so there's a huge diversity there, huge, huge range, Cloudwater uh, over from Manchester of course so and Ilkley will be there. Um, <laughs> Along with Kirkstall, who are the only two breweries actually that have been there yeah. from the beginning. Oh, exception of Colonel and uh, Magic Rock that I've been mentioning all the way through this interview. It's because I love their beer. Even the brewers that have been there from, from the beginning will be bringing some new beers that no one's tasted before, hopefully. So, obviously, even if you've seen like Magic Rock for the past five years, it will bring something that's a bit different, maybe, hopefully. And yeah, I think the thing for us as well, which, is, it, which makes our festival a little bit different to those events that were taking place before, is that kind of added experience. There'll be hundreds of beers, dozens of breweries here, but also in addition to that, 
we've got a, a great music, live music program that's being uh, put together and curated by Lumen Arts, um, and they're going to be uh, bringing in some live acts. We've got loads of DJs here. We've got uh, art kind of installations, performances going on. We're even creating some soundtrack music for some of the beers. All this stuff that adds that experience so when people come in, they can get involved and engaged as much as they like. They can just come in and drink beer if they want to and talk to the brewers. But they can also listen to music, they can watch a DJ set, they can play free arcade games from the 1980s, Space Invaders, all the old Star Wars games, they can do all of that. They can make comedians this year, they can play table tennis at the front of the building, they can eat some amazing food from, food from the street food market that we've got at the front of the buildings. For anyone who's not been before, I think the, 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 the venue is so striking, it's, it's such an amazing setting for an event like that. Yeah. Leeds Town Hall is, is iconic. It's that building in Leeds that everybody knows. It's a beautiful Victorian building, 160, 70 years old. But we're, we're also able to delve down below the building. So there's all the old Victorian cells and the Bridewell from the 1960s and 70s where, where you, if you used to come out in a city centre on a Friday night and get drunk on cheap lager, you'd get arrested if you did anything wrong and you'd end up in a cell at the, below the town hall. So now you can come and drink beer in the building, get drunk and have a really good time, not get arrested for it, and actually sit in one of the cells where you would have got arrested for it 20, 30 years ago. So the beer festival takes place September the 8th to the 11th. There are six beer festival sessions starting on the Thursday night. Tickets start from just £6 and uh, the top price ticket is 8 50 each session is five hours and you get all this stuff going on in each session. You can buy tickets at leadsbeer.com and you can also buy them by ringing the box office in the city centre, which is 224-3801. And you can also buy tickets in some of our satellite partner venues, Jumbo Records, Tats, Bundabust, Northern Monk, uh, Kirkstall The Bridge and uh, North Park. There we go, episode one, Fettled. Thanks for listening. Massive thanks to Darren and Maria from Leeds International Beer Festival for agreeing to be involved. I would highly recommend that for anyone who's in the Leeds area. If you're into beer, you've no excuse. You've got to make it down to that. It's a really great event. And if you're not from the area and you can find the time, then I would also recommend making the effort to get up over that weekend because it really is a great festival. Please get in touch at the addresses I mentioned before if you've got any comments or questions. Next week we'll be back on Wednesday night with Matt Grecki from, amongst other things, Zapato Brewery. So until then, have a good week, get some ale supped, and we'll see you then. Tap Lens is a back bedroom production produced by myself, Gaz Heaton, with music and production support from Dan Jagger. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.